And good morning and welcome to Talking Money. This is Certified Financial Planner Professional Mike Miller, your host for today. Beautiful day in the upstate of South Carolina. It's going to be a a gorgeous, uh, sunny day. I hope it is also going to be sunny wherever you are listening today, especially if you happen to be listening on a podcast sometime after the live uh, airing of this program on uh, today. So we've got uh, some some interesting things to, to remind you on now that we've got a another week uh, or so ahead of us for the tax returns that are due for 2020 isn't that isn't that always your favorite subject to talk about we've been talking about taxes before we do that though we'll make a little tribute to the mom so we've got mother's day coming up in case you forgot that's tomorrow mother's day is tomorrow we already celebrated ours thursday night for when all the family could get together I had a great time with all the family and uh we we were able to cater in some food so my wife didn't have to to, to fix anything Although what she fixed would would have fixed would have been better than what we catered, but uh, that's why she's the the great mom and what we call what the grandkids call G mom at, at our house. So we're always glad to to, uh, to have everyone together and, and have a great time. And we we for uh, forgo that uh, we didn't do that for a number of weeks, or at least not as often of the last year. We're now starting to get everybody back together consistently. It's always fun to do that. And so, uh, yeah, so uh, my wife and mom, the grandmom is is uh, just a, a great blessing to everyone. She does so much in spite of how she's feeling. So last night, uh, our two older grandsons spent the night with us. Uh, of course, we and I haven't told listeners yet that we've got um, the two twin girls that we uh, adopted, uh, really bought <laughs> about three weeks ago. Little two cavapoos that are really tiny. So we've got little two puppies running around the house. And the grand boys are scared to death of them. And they just like the, the yapping just gets them. They're, they're, they finally get a dog that's like one fourth their size. And that's still, that's still too, the yapping's still too much. And of course, they're all, they're climbing on them, trying to play with them. And they, they don't think that's fun. So uh, they're probably listening right now, wondering, hey, where are those puppies now? So we'll keep them, we'll keep them at bay while we have the boys. But one of my uh, grandsons woke up, we think, with some, some growing pains last night. So my wife's in there just, just uh, soothing him and putting some little lotion on his on his knee, and we gave him some Tylenol, that kind of stuff. But just a mother's touch, just it was it's very uh, very soothing to him. So there was an article this past week that was published by Focus on the Family. I thought it was it was a really a tribute to moms, and I thought, well, we need to share some of this stuff for Mother's Day. And it starts off, Mom, you are amazing. You are unique. You can make a difference in your child's life. And the truth is. There has never been a mom exactly like you. Of course, you could say that about anybody. <laughs> Hardly, unless you're a twin. Even then, you're not exactly like you, like you. But anyway, so it starts off an interesting story. I thought it doesn't say who the author is. It's just from not from what I printed out. It just says uh, it's from Focus on the Family. It starts off with the story. When my daughter was about 11 years old, I noticed an unusual amount of clanging and banging in her bedroom one day. I wondered what was going on in there. She emerged from her ransacked room and came to me with an exasperated expression on her face. Okay, where are they, Mom? Completely confused by her question, I answered, where are what? The bugs. I know my room is bugged. Otherwise, how would you be able to figure out everything I'm thinking and doing? Are you a spy? She said, I had to hold back my laughter. I looked into her eyes and said, honey, I often know what you are thinking because I know you, really know you. I've been watching you and learning about you since the first moment I felt you move in my tummy. 
I'm very observant, and someday I hope you'll have the opportunity to understand how a mom gets to know her children, like mother, like child. Evidence of that opportunity came a few weeks ago when my daughter's son, I guess the grandson, said to me, Nana, I told mom that I didn't do something that I did. She knew I wasn't telling the truth. Then I told her the truth, and I said and said I was sorry. How do you think your mom knew you weren't telling the truth, I asked. I don't know. Moms are just like that, he said. I think they're all spies. This time I didn't hold back the laughter. I giggled and said, we'll have to share that comment with your mom. Some kids think their moms are mind readers. Others are convinced they have installed cameras all over the house or hired people to follow them, provide daily updates. But we moms know that's not the case. It's really because moms are amazing, she says in parentheses. So then the, the article lists five things that make moms amazing. Now I'm not going to go into all the details here, but I'll point out some of the highlights. Number one, the power of observation. One of the first things that makes you an amazing mom is that you have an amazing ability to know your children intimately. Observation occurs on the conscious and subconscious level. Sometimes we're paying attention to, that, to what we're observing and sometimes we're not. Every moment we have with our children is filled with multiple cues and experiences such as how a child smells, feels, looks, sounds, etc. And then they go on talking about the behaviors and expressions and things that uh, that a mom does. Uh, so they say a time-tested connection. Number two, wired for emotional connections. With full acknowledgement, the importance of fathers and their unique contributions to their children's lives, there's something unique about women, women that puts us in a position to be better able to connect emotionally with our children than men. It's one of those things that reminds us that we are indeed fearfully and wonderfully made, as mentioned in Psalm 139. And this I'd never heard of, and maybe I heard it and just forgot. She said it's called oxytocin. Oxytocin. Put simply, uh, quote, women compared to men have higher levels of oxytocin, the hormone responsible for emotional bonding and oxytocin receptors. Oxytocin serves to calm anxiety, reduce motor activity, and foster an increase in touch. So there's actually a scientific reason why the children would like the, the mother's touch more than the, than the man's. And, of course, there's a, a connection right from uh, conception. And I think she talks about that later. I say she. I'm saying she because it obviously sounds like it's being written by women. Uh, number three, a, special, a mother's special voice. We've probably all experienced a mother's voice that soothed and comforted us. I remember a friend calling me into the church nursery when my infant daughter was crying and unable to be consoled by the nursery workers. I came up behind her as she wailed in her crib, gently touched her back, and quietly and calmly said, I love you, sweetie. She immediately stopped crying. My voice was able to stop the tears, and after a few minutes of stroking and talking, she went right back to sleep. Now, how many times have you seen when you're with a group, uh, even with other family members and, and the infant or toddler or whatever, if there's an issue uh, and and the the relative or the friend is holding that child and the child starts to cry or whatever, what do they do typically? Hand it back to mom and and, and the baby starts stops crying right away. Although I've had a few instances with my grandsons. My wife doesn't like me telling this. When when she wasn't able to console them and I took them and they calmed right down. So I, I'll have that. I get one up every now and then. Most of the time, that's not the case, though. Uh, number four, a mother's sensitive touch. My daughter and I were talking about how cute it is that her children always want to snuggle and have their backs scratched and tickled by me, her, by her, me, or their aunt before they go to bed. She wondered out loud why they don't make the same requests of their dad. 
grandfather, and uncle, even though they love to snuggle with them and seek out affection from them in other ways. Well, she talks about that and the, the kind of touch that a man's hand feels like versus a, um, a mother's. The hands typically are smaller and their shafters are closer together and so forth. But I had to laugh at that one because my wife's all the time scratching the back of our grandkids when they're, when they're going to bed. And they absolutely love it. It calms them right down. And this is both of them. The, the youngest one's not there yet, but he's only a little over one. Okay, number five, last thing, a profound love. Finally, while no more important or life-giving than a father's love, a mother's love is distinctly different. The most obvious difference is that in the, in the case of a biological mother, her love for her child is rooted in a strong biological connection that began at the moment of conception. And then she talks about that, but just that profound love that starts so early. And there's a bond that begins with dad, but it's not till, of course, after the child is born and so forth. So then they end the article making a difference as an amazing mom. Mom, you are amazing. You are unique. Mom, there's nobody like you. And the truth is there has never been a mom exactly like you. Embrace that. Celebrate it. Share your unique gifts with your children. And give thanks to God for the special qualities he gave you to be an amazing mom. I know not all moms are amazing. there's, There's always exceptions to that, but... For the most part, yes, moms, naturally, they're going to be amazing for their own children. Uh, then I think we all need to, to make sure we show our appreciation. If you haven't already, show your appreciation for mom. Uh, tell you love her. Uh, my mom's been gone now for about seven, eight years. Uh, so uh, I don't have that opportunity almost almost to the day, seven, eight years. It was in April uh, eight years ago. So it's uh, it's something that you won't have forever. So take advantage of that while you have the opportunity to do that. All right. Well, when we get back, we have to talk about the mundane things of taxes. And, of course, we want to answer your questions. We're talking about the tax deadline being moved and some things you can still do between now and the next and a week from Monday to help reduce your taxes for last year. If you haven't filed your return yet, you can still do an amended return if you had to, to make sure that you can get some of those advantages of some of those things. I'll be right back. Ronald Blue Trust is pleased to sponsor Talking Money. Ronald Blue Trust is a company with a vision to see individuals and families practicing biblical stewardship and experiencing freedom from economic fear, bondage, and conflict. They want their clients and their families to enjoy debt-free living, free to answer the call to ministry or whatever their passion is, feeling at peace with their investments and the way they are being professionally managed to help accomplish their financial objectives so they can focus on other aspects of their lives and help clients make wise financial decisions, live generously, and leave a lasting legacy. As a trust company, Ronald Blue Trust Advisors come alongside the next generation to help transfer your values and help you leave your lasting legacy. If you're a business owner, the Business Consulting Division can help you define your company's culture and, very importantly, then help convey that culture to the next generation of leaders in your company. Find out more about Ronald Blue Trust at ronblue.com or one 800 588-7526. That's 1-800-588-7526. Now back to Talking Money. And we are back with Talking Money. So glad you joined us today. If you happen to be a first-time listener, a new listener to Talking Money, you'll notice pretty quickly this is not a sales program. This is trying to get you the information you need without the sales pitch, which uh, most of the programs that are on the air do that, and we don't want to do that. We've been uh, doing it this way for our 15th year doing Talking Money, so we want to pass on that information to you. And if you, of course, if you have a 
a uh, question for me about you personally and maybe want to consider whether or not uh, Ronald Blue Trust can be a good fit for you just to help your you and your spouse uh, in your own financial planning and your own investment management, whatever it is that you need, you can, of course, call the office at 800-588-7526, 800-588-PLAN or 7526. I do have to to say I found the author. I, I misplaced the, the very first page that I printed of the article I was just reading about. Mom, do you know how amazing you are? Uh, Joni DeBrito, uh, Dr. Joni DeBrito was the one who wrote that article. So I want to give her credit where credit is due for um, when people that uh, that write things, whatever you write, uh, to give credit for that. Um, so, yeah, we've, we've um, been talking the last couple of weeks about some tax planning. We talked about preparing yourself emotionally for retirement the last couple of weeks, but also had some real interesting, I think, valuable information passed on about Roth conversions, when to do it, how to do it, and make sure you don't mess things up while you're doing it. Uh, but we've, we want to talk a little bit today about what we have left to do for the rest of the year. So Ronald Blue and Company, CPAs, so it's a, a company that that um, really Ron Blue and Company started uh, as a financial planning firm. The CPA firm started first, and then the, the financial planning and now trust company branched off from that so it's a separate company down in atlanta ronald Bloom company cpas and uh, get, i get their newsletters and of course they're reminding everyone that the tax return filing deadline for 2020 and most people know this it was postponed till may 17th so that's a week from monday is when you have to have the postmark on for your tax return to be official by then if you had quarterly payments due that was supposed to have already for next year or for this current year that first payment was supposed to have already been made on april 15th that was not postponed if you haven't done that yet then you need to go ahead and, and work on on that uh soon uh, but anyway, just want to make sure. So without any penalties or interest, that's when you have the chance to do that. Well, that also extended the opportunities to do a lot of other things that that we typically can do by the filing deadline. It, it expanded those. And some of those are your IRA contributions, your uh, HSA contribution, your health savings account contribution, and the education 529. Those are all things that now you can do and still have it apply to last year. They don't all help your federal and state taxes, but they may help one or the other, depending on your situation, of course. So just want to make sure that you're reminded of that, that you, you still have some time to to do some of those things um, by a week from Monday to help reduce taxes for last year. And of course, it'll help us with, uh, with an HSA account. It helps that um, you can put money in there. And I even was explaining this to my niece this week. So you have these medical bills. Well, you're not using your, your HSA account. You need to put money in the HSA account and at least flow it through there because your taxable income is going to reduce uh, from that contribution. And then you can take the money out of the HSA and, and pay those medical bills. And it's, it's a win-win situation for you. So you want to make sure you take advantage of that. But if you had to make the maximum contribution for last year, that for 2020, uh, let's see, the, the tax rate schedule looks like it's uh, 7,100 for 2020 that you that you need to that you have um, that you can put as a family or 3550 as a single. If you're 55 or older, you can put an extra thousand dollars in there into your HSA account, which then can be used as tax tax deductible going in there. And then of course you can take the money out tax-free to pay for other education or other uh, medical expenses that you have. We'll talk about education in a minute. A couple other things that you can do with the with the uh, 529 plan. And we're going to spend a good bit of time talking about the IRAs because there's some some things that people miss 
on the IRA and being able to make a contribution at all that that they don't think about. But we want to go to the phones now. It, uh, of course, if you have a phone call, you want to, uh, a question you want to get in, give us a call, 877-235-9405. So now we got Brenda calling from uh, Iva. So good morning, Brenda. Welcome to Talking Money. Thank you. So great to talk to you. Yeah, my question call. is, uh, my question is, I've, moved um, manufactured home to another property and I'm currently renting it out. Is, can any of those move expenses be used as a tax write-off? Hmm. So you're, you're, you moved a, a uh, manufactured house from where it is now to someplace else and now you're renting it out? Yes, sir. Okay, so you didn't rent it out before. You're starting to rent it out now. Yes, I was living in it and I am building now. Oh, okay. for myself. Well, congratulations. Um, I I don't think those are deductible. Uh, that's one of those things I'm going to have to check. So I know I've got several, usually some tax people listening now that that uh, can even look it up online to see if they don't know the answer yet. Uh, Wayne's usually listening to that agree, but I know yeah he has the answer off the top of his head for stuff like this. I don't think it's deductible, but let me let me check on that for you, and I may have to I'll have to check maybe during a break, or we'll check. Um, and find out and be able to answer that question next week. But I don't think that 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 particular moving expense is going to be deductible. But of course, now that you've got it rented out, the expenses that you have for keeping it up and things like that will be deductible because now it's rental income, and you'll you'll be reporting that rental income as income on your tax return, and then you'll be able to deduct the cost of your insurance for it, and the deduct for whatever else that you you pay as an expense for that. You'll be able to deduct that from the income, and then and potentially they also take some depreciation and so forth to to get um, uh, even less taxable income on your tax return. But your main question then is just on the moving expense. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yes, sir. But that you just gave me some other good information too, so okay. I didn't know some of that. Yeah, so. you want to make sure that you take all those expenses in into mind, but also remember that when you sell the property later that the part that you took a deduction for that was depreciation is depreciation is this an ex, it's not an expense it's a deductible item but it's not like you pay out for depreciation it's supposed to be something that prepares you realizing that that the building is not worth as much and eventually you have to replace it and so forth down later on um so oh, if you okay. if you were to take a thousand dollars depreciation for 20 years uh, or whatever it ends up being, you have $20,000 of expense or of depreciation that you deducted. When you sell the property, then you're going to have to recapture that depreciation. And it's, it's typically taxed at a higher rate than your normal tax, than your normal tax rate. So you want to keep that in mind too down the road. Uh, right now, if you die when you're still owning the property, that, that gets all wiped out. But they're talking about changing that stuff up in basis as well but uh, a lot of things to think about <laughs> to throw at you brenda didn't mean to do all that but they did they just come to my head so um but i want to check and see if, if the moving expenses are deductible going from where you put it to where you had to install it to get it ready to be rented so it seems logical um, that it might be deductible but my first thought is no but uh, don't take that word for it i'll check on it first and we'll uh, we'll get back to you with an answer Okay, and included in that would be like putting in a septic system and and water and all that kind of stuff. 
Yeah, so, yeah. so all that, well. I think you're going to have to depreciate all those items. It's not going to be expensable, but you'll be able to take a portion of that expense and depreciate it over. And I'm not sure. There's certain items you're allowed to, to expense and certain items you have to depreciate. And uh, I'm not up to speed on that, but we'll have to we'll have to check on that. But that's some good questions, though. This It uh, would affect a lot of different people. So we want to make sure we answer that for you, Brenda. So I, unfortunately, if we don't get an answer by the end of the program, you're going to have to listen at least one more Saturday to get that answer. Okay. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Okay, Bruna. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. You too. Bye-bye. All right. So 877-235-9405 is the phone line and or the text line. If you've got a, a question for me, we'd love to hear from you uh, like we did Brenda. So love to hear the, the questions. And even if I can't answer it all, we'll, we'll get the answer for you. I got, I got people. So I know and I got books that uh, we can look these things up. That's one of those. Um, you can't typically look something like that up on the Internet and say, oh, I got that question. Is that deductible? Because there's, there's some variables in there that you have to know to be able to answer that question. Uh, completely so uh, we'll get that answer for uh, brenda by next week at least anyway okay so we've uh, out of time here for the bottom of the hour break so uh, we one more reminder we want to get your questions in uh, you want to send those questions to mike at talkingmoneyradio.com mike at talkingmoneyradio.com and we'll get those questions answered on a future show as well all right we'll be back with the second half of talking money in just a few minutes This is Certified Financial Planner Professional Mike Miller, your host for Talking Money. I am pleased to have Ronald Blue Trust sponsor Talking Money to help educate listeners about financial planning so you have the information needed to help you make more informed and hopefully better decisions. When a Ronald Blue Trust advisor meets with prospective clients, their goal is to determine if any of our services are a good fit for them. They don't sell any products like annuities or life insurance and as a fiduciary work to serve your best interest. Perhaps you just need a financial physical from the Everyday Steward Division without any ongoing monitoring, or you're about to retire and need to work with the Private Wealth Division to map out a financial path and then help implement and continuously monitor that plan. Ronald Blue Trust Advisors act like your quarterback, coordinating the advice you receive from your accountant, your estate attorney, life insurance agent, and in some instances, even your investment advisor. You can learn more about Ronald Blue Trust at ronblue.com or 1-800-588-7526. That's 1-800-588-7526. Now back to Talking Money. And welcome back to Talking Money. Glad you're with us. This is Certified Financial Plan Professional Mike Miller, your host for today. 877-235-9405 is the phone line or text line. Got a couple of uh, texts here. We'll get to here in just a minute. Um so it's um, it's nice to see some of those come in. It's just it's hard to read and talk at the same time. Uh, some, how some people can do that. So I'll, I'll get to those in just a minute. But if you've got a text, send it in. We'll read it and uh, make sure I get the answer to you as soon as I can. Um, but before the end of the show would be the preferable time. Um, but I want to make sure that everybody understands the the IRA rules and how they um, can be utilized to your advantage. And, and most people know what the IRA contribution limits are. So if you're an individual, if you're younger than 50, then you can put $6,000 in for yourself as long as you have at least $6,000 worth of income. So it's not a percentage of your income. As long as you have at least $6,000 of income, then you get $6,000 of of a deduction. 
Uh, if you are 50 or older, then you get to add an extra $1,000 to that and put in $7,000. These are the 20, I'm talking about the 2020 limits, which didn't change for, this didn't change, but just keep that in mind. We're looking at one year versus the other. We're talking about things you can still do for 2020 by a week from Monday to help reduce taxes for last year. So where it gets confusing, and I've seen this happen many times over the years I've been I've been practicing financial planning, and I keep practicing. I, I don't think you ever get perfect at this, but you, you, you tend to get a little better over the years that uh, people miss. And you have to, I divide it into three areas. So you've got someone who is not an active participant in a retirement plan. So you or your spouse, and we're talking about married filing jointly here. You, neither one of you are in a retirement plan. Maybe you work together in your own business or you both work for companies that, that don't have uh, 401ks or retirement plans. And 401k counts as a participant. So you are not a participant. And then you've got those who are one of the couples. So one of the spouses is a participant and one is not. There's different rules for that. And then you have one for if both of you are active participants, then you've got uh, another set of, of guidelines that you, that you use. But you you have until the filing deadline of May 17th to make that contribution or to set up the plan. And some plans you have to have had, had set up by the end of the year, and you can still make the contributions, and some that you don't. So a 401k, uh, and one of the questions I see on the text, solo 401k, that had to be established by the end of last year. Contributions can still be made up until the last employer. Contributions can still be made uh, by the filing d- deadline. So to answer that one question that came in on text, yes, I believe you can still make a solo 401k contribution for last year as long as you already had the plan set up by 1231 of 2020. Now, if you don't have that, didn't have that set up, then you still have the potential of setting up a SEP IRA, a Simplified Employee Pension IRA. You would have a chance to set that up and still make the contribution. And there's different rules for that, but you can put in more money than you could a regular IRA contribution. So the phase outs are, so if both are active participants, you and your spouse, or if you're single, you're a participant, active participant, then you have phase out rules. So if you're married filing jointly, that phase out begins at 104,000 of adjusted gross income and goes up to 124,000 of adjusted gross income. So when you are looking at that, if you make filing jointly, if the, the two of you together make less than $104,000, then you can still both make an additional six or seven, depending on your age, of a contribution for last year for a either a Roth or a traditional. Now, it's not as big of a concern to get it in by May 17th in order for the tax deductibility for a Roth, because obviously you can't tax deduct that. But it still allows you to put additional money into the Roth that helps you then start growing that money tax-free from then on from the rest of from the rest of um, your life that you'll have that set up. So um, keep that in mind, though. You'll have that opportunity. Now, if only one of you is an active participant, then the limits go higher. It changes to 196 for married filing jointly, of course. 196,000, it starts to get phased out. So if the two of you together, if one of you is in a 401k or an IRA or retirement plan, but the other is not, then you can still make a... Um, an IRA contribution for last year. And that's that's great that you can do that for the for the one that's uh, not an active participant, not the active participant one, but the one who's not an active participant for, for these numbers to apply. 
Now, if neither one of you is an active participant, then there is no limit. And this gets the, the most confusing. People think, well, I can't do it because, because we're making too much money. doesn't matter. You can make as much money as you want if you, neither one of you or spouse, are an active participant in a retirement plan, then you're still eligible to make a deductible retirement traditional IRA contribution and take the deduction for last year. Or, of course, you can just do a Roth. You don't get a deduction for it, but it allows you to set that much more aside inside a plan that's going to be really great for you growing forward because it's going to grow tax-free and you'll be able to take the money out tax-free. So those those are some real confusing rules I know that um, that we have that you need to, to take those into consideration when you are talking about trying to save money for, for last year's taxes. Of course, we're going to talk about 529 plans as well. But let's see, we got, uh, we got a few minutes here left before the first break. Let's, uh, let's bring on Wayne from, uh, from Greenwood, my buddy, my tax preparer, Wayne from Greenwood, and see if he can give me an answer to uh, Brenda's question. Brenda from Iva. Good morning, Wayne. Good morning. Ironically, I was detained from calling you because I got a call from a tax client calling in some business information that I need to finish the return for next week. <laughs> well, shame on them for calling during talking money. <laughs> How could they do that? <laughs> don't all your don't all well, your clients know they're supposed to, to watch? That way, when I go into the office, I have it available and. Uh, you know, I can move on with it when I have the time to do so, <laughs> okay, rather okay. than having to be interrupted in the office sure, when I might sure. be with someone. Uh, my take on the situation, and to give you a little background, first of all, with Brenda, she is going to have to depreciate that trailer over 27 and a half years. Is depreciation allowed or allowable? So if you don't take it, you lose it. And it begins when it is placed into service for business purposes, and is either rented or available to rent. So, of course, it can't be available to rent until she has the water and sewer hooked up. Sure. So my take on the situation is that her basis in the property is going to be what she originally paid for the trailer. Right. Plus any improvements, right. which in the case of a trailer might be if she bought appliances separately and left them in the trailer to be used for the rental. Uh, and then the septic tank, she had costs for septic getting the septics. And, and, the, and the hookups and so the water. forth, therefore, are going to be added to the basis right. as well as the cost of moving the trailer. All added to the basis, one entry, depreciation over 27 and a half years, okay. prorated for the year it is placed into service. So the cost the, for moving the trailer from uh, or the manufactured house from where it is now to where it where it was to where it is now to rent out it's not deductible per se but it is included that as basis would be my take yeah without okay. looking it up because my reference books are in the office but i have found out that it's oftentimes easier to google it and find it than it is to look <laughs> in a reference book but my computer is not on either i don't have time to cut it on and get bogged no, down that's fine bed. that's fine well, we'll double check this. Uh, I'll let you double check it this week as well, and, and you can uh, email me, Wayne, to let me know what you what you find out, and I'll check with our experts at the office to make sure we get this right. But that that sounds right. I didn't think that would be deductible. I wasn't sure about whether or not it could be added to the basis and then depreciated. Um, but uh, if 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 you use it or lose it, but if you don't take it. But then when you sell the property, you won't have to worry about recapturing the depreciation either. Oh, yes, you do, because it's allowed or allowable, whether it's taken or not. Oh, really? 
Mm-hmm. No, I didn't know that. Okay, Wayne. So if that's, she held it for 27 and a half years, it would be totally depreciated out. Her basis right. would be zero, whether or not she took it. Okay, all right. I, now, I, let me make one other point while yeah. I've got you on the line. You were talking about health savings accounts earlier. Uh-huh. Uh, I highly encourage those. But at the same time, there is a minimum and maximum deductible and out-of-pocket that you have to have to qualify for one, and not all policies qualify for Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's got to be a high deductible plan to even qualify. And I think most companies at least will will give you that option and they'll let you know that this is the one that's available for an HSA and the rest of them are not because the deductibles don't meet the requirements. So, yeah, yeah, but absolutely. Yeah, the insurance agent told me that Blue Cross Blue Shield had 28 plans in South Carolina, but only two of them qualified for a health savings account. All right, so uh, yeah, I think it's it's. I think a lot of people forget that they can use those, and even even if they just flow through and they get the to, to get the reduction on their income, and then they can take the money out to use for eyeglasses or other things that a lot of plans don't cover. That's a great way to pay, or or a dental uh, procedure that if you don't have dental insurance, or even if you do, it may not pay for the whole procedure, and the HSA account is there to help take care of that Absolutely. and you get, get a tax benefit. So that's great. All right, Wayne, I appreciate your input. Uh, keep listening. Okay, bye. All right, take care. Okay, so it's uh, time for our last break. We'll be right back. Ronald Blue Trust is pleased to sponsor Talking Money. Ronald Blue Trust is a company with a vision to see individuals and families practicing biblical stewardship and experiencing freedom from economic fear, bondage, and conflict. They want their clients and their families to enjoy debt-free living, free to answer the call to ministry or whatever their passion is, feeling at peace with their investments and the way they are being professionally managed to help accomplish their financial objectives so they can focus on other aspects of their lives and help clients make wise financial decisions, live generously, and leave a lasting legacy. As a trust company, Ronald Blue Trust Advisors come alongside the next generation to help transfer your values and help you leave your lasting legacy. If you're a business owner, The Business Consulting Division can help you define your company's culture and, very importantly, then help convey that culture to the next generation of leaders in your company. Find out more about Ronald Blue Trust at ronblue.com or 1-800-588-7526. That's 1-800-588-7526. Now back to Talking Money. And welcome back to the last segment here of Talking Money. So glad you're with us. Uh, several more texts coming in. So uh, let's see if I can uh, catch some of these up. So please go over the limits for IRA when only one has a 401k. 196000 is a uh, adjusted income. So yes, the uh, when with this one active participant and one not active participant, there's 196000 of adjusted gross income is what... Um, is what the limit is. So phased out between 196 and 206,000. And typically if you're using a, a good tax software, it'll figure that out for you. You just want to remember that you can do it. If you never try to put the contribution in, you'll never know if you can do it or not. So, so put that in here, if you prepare, put it in and see how close you are on the limits and see how, how much you can do that. Just remember to do it. And and there again, like I said earlier, the, the biggest miss is when people have uh, no one, neither spouse, is an active participant, and they don't do IRAs because I think they made too much money. You can't make too much money if neither one of you is an active participant in a retirement plan. 
Um, okay, the next question was, um, if delayed until April 1st, 2020, uh, let's see, wait a minute, it looks like it's in two parts here. Uh, give us a real number example. If RMD is 40,000 and 25% tax bracket, your QCD is 10,000 or the 40,000? All right, so a QCD is the Qualified Charitable Distribution. So it, it, and it qualifies as your required minimum distribution. So the 25% tax bracket is immaterial. If your required minimum distribution is 40, then you can put in, you could give away $40,000 to a uh, ministry or, or multiple ministries or charities and have it all qualify as your required minimum distribution. Of course, you didn't have that requirement last year. So this would be a 2021 thing. This would not help your taxes for last year. So the, the deadline for the QCD uh, is is going to be the end of the year uh, of the year that you turn seven and a half as the first year you can do it. And then you can do it, of course, later on from uh, more years than, than that. You just, the first year you can't do it till you, the day after you turn seven and a half in, in that year. So, but it's too late to do, to help your taxes for 2020 because we're past the December 31st. Uh, so we, we advised a lot of clients last year to go ahead and do their qualified charitable distributions because it's still, helped you, um, it's going to help reduce your IRA and you can do it tax-free, especially since we've talked on other shows about how you can't, uh, so many people can't take the itemized deductions anymore because they don't have enough deductions. And so if you're over seven and a half, it's a no brainer. Everyone over seven and a half should make all of their contributions out of their IRA if they have one, their traditional IRA, um, because it's just, it's not going to hurt you. It may not help you, depending on your tax situation, but it's not going to, not going to hurt you. So I think I answered that question. Uh, 25% tax bracket just means that, that if you gave that whole 40,000 away and you're still in the 25% bracket, then you're going to save uh, 25% taxes. So you will save $10,000 of taxes uh, on that. So the QCD is only the contribution and it's whatever percent your tax rate is, is what you're saving on taxes from that QCD. But it's more than you probably would have saved if you just made the contribution and then went on and tried to deduct it on schedule a, especially if you can't qualify for it because the standard deduction is too high. Okay. So let's go to uh, John who's calling us from uh, Hendersonville. Good morning, John. Welcome to talking money. Hey, good morning, Mike. I just had a question. I listen to you regularly, and you've helped me immensely in the past, and now I've got myself in another situation where I have a question. Okay. Um, I am in cryptocurrency, and now I'm looking at with Biden looking at this as capital gains tax and some of the plans he has for the taxes in the future on capital gains. I was trying to find a... Uh, an exit strategy for about 20% of uh, my crypto holdings. And right now it's just not exciting paying that kind of tax burden on it. So I was thinking, can you switch it over to real estate or can I put it in uh, some other vehicle that um, just to get it out of there? Cause you know, kind of got more than I want in there right now. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Well, unfortunately the answer that's no. Uh, so you can't do a 1031 exchange from like cryptocurrency to real estate. You can do it real estate to real estate, uh, a business property for a business property, but the the um, the only way you're going to be able to avoid this would be 
to sell it and then or else you know give part of it away if you if you make gifts actually give the the shares of the cryptocurrency away to your church or other ministry let them sell it and that way you're going to avoid the capital gains so if you're already giving cash this is a way to avoid that so give the give the appreciated asset and that can be any kind of appreciation appreciated asset give that directly to the ministry or charity and then they sell it and of course they don't pay any taxes on it you get the full deduction of the value of that property when you make that contribution to the ministry so that's that's one way to do it just to it's just to give it away because you can sell it and then give part of the proceeds away but that's not as as tax efficient as giving the asset directly to the ministry you can still get the tax deduction but don't have to worry about paying any kind of capital gains tax and worrying about whether or not you have to itemize your deductions to get it back and and that kind of thing but uh it's it's i'm glad to hear you've you've got some profit in it sometimes you know it's not bad to pay taxes and of course the maximum is, is on long-term gains is 20 percent. if you get up high enough it, it could be zero if you're in a low enough bracket or 15 percent or 20 percent max so depending where your income is you could even sell it over time and and uh if you're if like for instance we talked about last week if you're in the 12 percent bracket which means married filing jointly your taxable income for 2021 is 81,500 which means your total income is closer to 100,000 if it's below that then you can sell some of the cryptocurrency or whatever appreciated assets and the long-term capital gain is going to be zero because it starts at zero percent does that help it helps and i have i'm i'm very fortunate to be doing better than that and okay, i was good. listening to you and i was thinking that this would be about six figures i'd have to donate and in the six months no one knew it was going to be this uh you know lucky or just unseen but anyways what about if i diverse can how about roth IAs? what is there anything else you could put it in it's, you know i don't mind giving something to the church that's a great idea but even then um that's a good chunk of change. Yeah, sure. It's over yeah. hundred thousand. I would be looking at right yeah, now. Yeah, sure. No, I understand that. So, um, yeah, you can you can make contributions. Uh, are you self-employed? You working for somebody else, John? Well, I am. I have a business, but I work for the business, so I get a W two or W four, okay. and um, but I do own it outright. Okay. Well, if yeah, if you own the business, it, depending on what what kind of employee situation, and so forth. So you still have time because it's for 2021 you're talking about not 2020 so you've got some uh, chances to maybe set up a solo one 401k or depending how many do you have any employees yes okay so you'd have to look you have to always weigh the the pros and cons of doing a retirement plan if you if you do a a sep you can you you have to include all your part-time people as well as your full-time people you can do a little more sophisticated and get your pardon me uh, we have sales reps that are 1099s. They're just straight commission. Okay. Well, they're included, if, too. Yeah, if they're not considered employees, if they're, uh, you have to be real careful with this, but if they're not considered employees, right. you may be able to get around it. But I think it, it would it would uh, be a good idea for you to sit down with um, with one of us at the office or something and give the whole situation, or we can get you um, – connected with a retirement uh we've got some really good retirement plan people that we have connections with you can have a conversation with to see okay what's uh and i think probably one of the cpas in our office could could help initially weed out whether or not uh you're a good candidate for some of those other retirement plans and then we can um then we can just go from there and see if we can help defer that because if you're self-employed and you don't have to worry about the employees and you can put a big chunk into even a defined 
uh, benefit plan, you might be able to defer a lot of that income. But you have to have you can't you you're not deferring the income from the sale. You have to have the income from your business. It sounds like the business is doing well. So take that income and shelter it, and then you could live off the money that you uh, use when you sell the the crypto assets. Oh, that's really good. That's a good vision. That's what I was looking for. Always good to talk to you, Mike. All right. Thanks for the call, John. Take care. Yes, sir. Okay. So I had uh, one other question on these, uh, on the text, but I can't uh, see where it is right now. Rental income. We answered the rental income. Oh, okay. Here it is. Uh, so can you explain how to have rental income classified as passive income so it will not affect Social Security income? Um I don't think so. I don't think, you know, if you've got your own rental income that you have to try to get it as passive, I know sometimes a, you buy real estate as a limited partnership. You might you might have some passive income there. But if you just own a rental property and you're getting rental income, it's it's not going to be, it's going to be, it's going to affect your social security income. But that's a great question as, as well. Uh, and I, um, you know, I'll double check that, but I think uh, there's no way to to switch that to to go so it doesn't affect your social security income. And you know, one thing we have to keep in mind, uh, and and Ron Blues mentioned this many times before, is that it's not bad to pay taxes. I mean, we don't like paying taxes, but paying taxes means you're making money. And and there's a whole lot of people that would love to be in your your having your problem. We're having to pay taxes because they're making too much money. So let's let's count our blessings for that. And uh, you know, of course, we want to pay our fair share. We want to keep. We just don't want to pay more than our fair share. So do what we can to help uh, prevent that. All right. So a lot of good questions. Appreciate the participation on the tax line uh, and the uh, text line and the phone lines today. It's uh, always a lot more fun when you guys participate with me. So we look forward to that uh, next week. We have another edition of Talking Money. If you want to get me at the office, 800-588-7526 or send me an email to mike at talkingmoneyradio.com. Mike at talkingmoneyradio.com. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next week for the next edition of Talking Money. Though I'm an employee of Ronald Blue Trust, Talking Money represents my individual views and not those of my employer or any sponsor of the program. During the program, I may discuss market trends as well as specific financial planning techniques and investment ideas. These discussions are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations to any individual or organization. Work with your attorney or accounting or investment professional for specific individual advice and services. Any securities or investment products discussed on Talking Money are not insured by the FDIC, are not a deposit or other obligation of or guaranteed by any bank, and are subject to investment risks, including possible loss of principal amount invested.